0: Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash self or download the Luminary app for free.
1: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
0: Hi, guys. It's Jen Poyant, executive producer of Note to Self here, and Joe Plourd, Our super-rad audio engineer and I have made something for you. As many of you know, Manoush just came out with a TED talk, yay Manoush, and she also has a book coming out this week, and both are about the relationship between boredom and creativity. The book is called Bored and Brilliant, and it came out of a series of experiments Manoush did with you, dear listeners, a few years back. The big idea was to get you to track your smartphone usage and to maybe open up some time and space for mind-wandering. As a bit of a reprieve from our constant swiping, posting, and updating, and it worked. So Minush and I were chatting the other day about some of the early interviews she did for her research on the book, and there was this one fascinating conversation that she had never had the chance to use on the show. It's a chat about the history of the word boredom with a professor at the University of Calgary. His name is Peter Tuhi, and he is lovely. I went back and listened, and it sparked this weird left field idea. Could we make something creative out of an interview about boredom? And what would that sound like? Could we help people get creatively bored with it? So I have for you our dear friend Peter Tuhi describing the boundaries, limits, and history of boredom, scored with music intended to encourage you to let your mind wander a little. So get ready to slow down for a few minutes here with us to enjoy this, because that's what Mnuchin and I do here. We're here to help you guys stay focused on what really matters to you in our super fast world, and sometimes that means slowing down. Enjoy.
1: Emotions, 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 emotions language, boredom, boredom. first appears in the 1850s with Dickens and Bleak House, and the word does, but I think you've got to come back to the simple adage that emotions precede language. And you feel bored before you can say, I'm bored. So you can pinpoint when boredom occurs or when the word occurs, that very word, but there's lots of ways of saying you're bored. So I think the argument that boredom suddenly emerges post-industrial revolution, post-enlightenment, as people are starting to slough off religion, they may have a little more free time because more people are getting work and so on, and so they're confronted with a bit of a void in their lives. And boredom steps in. I think the link between boredom and daydreaming and and daydreaming and its problem-solving creative aspects and so on, it's discussed a lot and uh, it is important. I guess I would say, though, as, as you think about it, can we get to daydreaming without actually being bored? And I would have said, Yes, in fact, most humans, I don't know, but I think most humans consume a huge amount of their time daydreaming. Yeah, daydream. Yeah. Daydream. And it's not because they're bored, but because it's just what we seem to do and quite like doing it, I think. I think from reading about it and from looking deep into my bored brain. (laughs) Um, This, here's how I define it, and I say it's an emotion of mild disgust. (laughs) And I really believe the disgust's important, and this is where you, how you slip into this notion of I'm fed up. There's a strong link in the way we conceptualize boredom or think about it emotionally between uh, depression and and boredom. They're not the same by any means, but they flip-flop a little bit. Depression, boredom, boredom, depression, depression, boredom, boredom, depression, depression, boredom, depression. Simple boredom is produced by temporally unavoidable and predictable circumstances. You know what's coming up. up, up. So listening to a, a long and dreary speech, or being stuck in a car for ages, or stuck at a meal with people who are driving you nuts, that's boredom, and it's temporary and you'll be able to step away from it. This other sort, this existential or spiritual boredom, it's usually defined as a powerful and unrelieved sense of emptiness, isolation, alienation. 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 And in it, people will add, an individual feels a lack of interest in, and difficulty in concentrating on their current interests. It's not quite the same as depression. I don't really believe that there is such a thing as existential boredom, or if it is, it probably should be separated from simple boredom really strongly, that they don't bear much relationship to one another. We're cursed in English by having just one word for the two different conditions. Things are simple. a language defining or seeming to define the way we think when we actually think completely differently. Love's a good example, isn't it? The love you feel for your dog is not what you feel for your partner. Yet we use the same word. It's crazy, isn't it? But emotions precede language. Emotions... emotions, emotions, emotions. Ooh, blank, language I think that's the catch chord you have to keep going back to and realising that, you know, you can't let language lead you off court. Which takes us back to the 1850s that we started with. Can you pinpoint when boredom emerges? You can if it's just the word you're concerned with. Boredom.